0: And don't take this wrong, but I wasn't really interested in creating environments like this, where we have this place to go on Christmas, and it's a celebratorial-type service, and event-packed or programmed. Uh, We really wanted something that was much deeper and more meaningful, much more meaningful than just that. And we wanted to do a few things, and we wanted to provide a clear pathway. One of those things was we wanted to provide a clear pathway to our spiritual journey that I personally believe every person in here is on a journey, um, a spiritual journey, whether you know it or not, uh, we're all made in the image and likeness of God. Every person here, whether you know Christ or you don't know Christ, you're made in the image and likeness of God and you have a spirit man on the inside of you and your spirit man will always look for that pathway, if you would, that meaning of life. Um, And let me add this right here. I I think, I believe that your life will never really make sense until you involve God in your life. I don't think it will ever um, make total sense because He's the author of it. He's the creator of it. And instead of having just another service where you could sing and hear a Bible message at Christmas time, we thought it would be important for us to, to lay out a clear pathway for us to get to where we're going. I've always said it like this, is that, what is the next level God has for your life? No matter what level you're at, nobody has arrived. Can I say that? I mean, I don't, I don't care where you are spiritually, you still are not where God wants you to be. That's why you're still on this planet. And let me give you this commercial right here. <laughs> um, and that is that if you're looking for a good home church. I'm biased. Um, uh, and you're looking for more. Let me say it like that. You're looking for more. If you're in that place where you say, well, there's got to be more to God than what I'm experiencing um, to my life. And uh, this thing called Christianity. I'm, I'm just telling you, give us an opportunity to, to share with you. I think God has a purpose for your for your life I do I think that, that that idea is let's find the clear pathway another thing we wanted to do is to make sure that we provided a place where, um, where we actually encountered or experienced or welcomed the presence of God every time that we met here. Um, I, I have a belief that that God can do more in a second when you're in his presence than we can do in a lifetime outside of it in one second God can change Alive, and I always believe it's important that we encounter the presence of God. That we have an environment where we make room for Him, and that's a good Christmas story right there. Because there was no room for Him, and I think sometimes we make room for God at Christmas. We're just the opposite of the Christmas story, right? Where there was no room for Him at this time of the year, we make room for Him at this time of the year, and then the other parts of the year we kind of exclude Him. And I I believe that church or life in doing Christianity, that we wanted to provide a place where the presence of God was invited. And the Bible says that God inhabits, inhabits the praises of His people. Um, we praise God this morning, and I, I could tell there was a genuine attitude and atmosphere of praise and worship, even if it's a Christmas time. And that's when people gather together in His name that there He would be in the midst of them. And I've always loved that thought, that in the middle of my crisis, in the middle of my issues or my discouragement, that I can encounter the presence of God, that I can find my encouragement, my strength to my soul or to my life when I'm in a moment of discouragement. And I want that for all of us today. That's actually, as I prayed, I came here yesterday for several hours and I prayed, God, God, don't make this like every Christmas service that I've attended where it's just kind of a jovial time and we all got together but I want somewhere in the service whether it's when we did praise and worship or whether it's when we do communion in a little bit or when we light candles together that somewhere in that time God touches my life, that God touches your life, that God speaks something just one second where you know God is here where you know and you sense, God, you're here. And you're not just here for everybody, you're here for me. And I want that for you today, because I've watched people, and I've seen people go through some dark times, and I don't know about you, but I've gone through some dark times, everybody can recognize, right, when you go through dark times. And it seems like to me that it's, that dark times are increasing. They are. I think that you could make a pretty strong argument that there are more darkness and dark times on the earth today than there was 15 or 20 years ago, and even further. And it seems to increase. The things and the, uh, that, that, that give people a reason to be discouraged seem to be in, increasing. And when all of this is happening, <clears throat> and you have this moment where God shows up, I think it gives us hope. And I thought I would make this theme of this short message today The idea that light coming into the world to dispel the darkness because that's what we're going to do here in a moment. It's really amazing how a little bit of light can do that. Just a little bit of light. In the midst of all the darkness that you experience in life, just a little bit of light let in. I can remember when my kids were smaller and you probably that have children will understand this. My kids were smaller. They loved to... If we would go and we'd put them to bed... We would have a nightlight in their room, and, right? And the nightlight would always uh, dispel every kind of monster, evil, darkness, right? How many of you, do? okay, listen, vulnerable moment. How many of you don't still like a little light in your room? All right, so there's a lot of liars here and a lot of... <laughs> Thank you for your three or four. A moment of vulnerability for me, uh, just for a moment, is that I actually still like a little light in the room, um, and it's not because I'm scared. It's because I'm almost fifty and I have to get up a little bit more often. <laughs> That's another dark message we won't talk about, um, right? Yeah, <laughs> but I, I like having that. I'm I'm one of those people. I'm not one of those that love it just totally pitch black. I, Because I've gotten up several times and I've stepped on things like dogs, right? And you feel bad for a little bit. And then you're thinking, you shouldn't have been there in the first place. But I'm I'm kind of that way. But if you ever study the Bible, you'll find that light and darkness is actually a major theme of the entire book. It is. It's It's a major theme. And one of the things I learned in Bible college and seminary was that there are 10 things, I won't go through 10 things today, 10 things that you do when you're studying scripture. And one of them, the first one, the main thing is, is that you, if you want to know the purest, uh, the most wholesome meaning of any word, if you do a, a systematic study on a, on a word, if you want to know the purest meaning of that word, then you go find the first mention, what they call the, 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 the idea of first mention, you find the first mention in scripture and that will give you the purest meaning. And so, today, I, uh, I, I want to do that. I want to take a word that the Bible talks about over and over, and I want to give you the purest teaching on it I can. And the very first words of the Bible talk about this word. Actually, it was the very first words out of God's mouth. In Genesis, the beginning, it says this, that In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now, the earth was formless and empty, Darkness actually reigned. It was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering, or the breath of God was hovering over the waters. That word is pneuma. It says, and God said, let there be... Everybody know this? Light. Let there be light. And there was light upon the earth. Let me stop there and say that what motivated God was Darkness. Darkness was the motivation of God, meaning darkness caused him to take action. In his very first words, he says, you know what? I don't like the darkness. I'm motivated by that. Let there be light. And you may be saying, well, pastor, you're taking that way too far because really what he was talking about there is the sun. He was just creating the sun. And I've heard that argument. And you would have a pretty good argument if there's a big but coming here it didn't continue, if it didn't continue throughout the entire book, that light and darkness continued to wrestle with each other throughout the entire Bible. And even Jesus said uh, about his own life in John chapter 12, he says, I have come, his motivation, the reason you have Christmas, right? I have come, the reason you have Christmas is I've come as a light to shine in the dark world, so that all you put, so that all who put their trust in me, will no longer remain in the darkness. Meaning, the reason for this season is because I was motivated by darkness to do something, and I saw on the earth, and I I didn't come just to be a story, a holiday, a holiday to celebrate. I came to give light. And that's why we celebrate Christmas in the darkest season. Okay, some of you don't know this, and this came as a revelation I was sharing with my wife. Actually, if you studied this out, and I know I'm going to about blow your theology out of the water here. If you study this out, that Jesus was actually not born in December. Right? You go study it. I'm not going to tell you when he was, but (laughs) I know you're like, what? (laughs) You crushed me. Okay, what happened was the Jewish calendar moved it. And they decided that in the darkest days, right, we call December 21st is the winter solace, right? That is actually the longest night and the shortest day, all right? And they moved it to the darkest moments. There was actually pagan celebrations being done at the end of the year. And they placed this great thing in this moment because they believed that it was the light that came into the world to dispel the darkness of the world. And it's there to remind us that, of what Christmas is all about, that Jesus saw the darkness of our lives and he wanted to come bring some light, just a little bit of light. Let me close this time with this last thought. There are actually four Gospels, all of us are, or most of us are pretty familiar with that. that, And they do one thing, the Gospels do one thing The Gospels tell the the story of the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In Matthew and Luke, it tells us the Christmas story. In In Mark and John, it's always told us the story after Jesus was an adult, after his ministry had started. And then all of a sudden, I was studying this, and the Lord just brought my attention to, actually, John doesn't start with him being an adult. John actually gives his account of when Jesus was born. And it was really pretty amazing. And so I'm going to take issue with that thought that I just gave you. That he starts in John as an adult. Because in John chapter 1 verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the word. So before any of this, before any creation. Jesus was. The word was God. Uh, the word. And the word was, was with God. And the word was God. And He was. God in the beginning with him through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made let me stop there and say so he was he was in creation he was prior to creation he was before it all and then John gives his version of the Christmas story and watch this in verse 4 and 5 he says in him was life and the life that life was the light of all mankind the light shines in darkness and the darkness has not overcome it and I thought that was an interesting thing. Matthew and Luke give the details of the Christmas story. But John gives the significance of the Christmas story. One gives the, two of those give the details of it. John comes along and tells you, let me tell you how I see it. How significant it is. And I say all, all that to say that that's why Jesus came. Because no matter who you are and myself included we still have some darkness in our lives. And I know that you're just like oh pastor leave me out of that. No. All of us here. God's still trying to sign some light in some closets of our life. Some areas. It can be in our relationships. It can be in our marriage. It can be in our alone time. It can be in our job. It can be in the way we look at ourselves. But hands down there's the worst darkness there is, though, is spiritual darkness. And it's when you you do what we, we all do. Every person in here does. You do what all of us do, and that is you sin. You know, sin just simply means we miss the mark. We miss it. But the difference is, is that some of you, maybe here, is that you're still carrying your sin instead of letting him carry it. And there's nothing worse than trying to carry the weight of your own life or your own sin. John 8 is a story of a young girl who comes, who's been brought to Jesus because she was caught in the very act of adultery. And I know you say, well, how's this have anything to do with Christmas? I'll show you. I've read that chapter 8, verse 1 through 11 for years, and I know it pretty much by heart. But I've forgotten verse 12. Jesus has this young girl in front of him. And he tells her, he says, hey, leave and go and and leave your sinful life. And then in verse 12, he gives this thought to everyone standing there. He says this, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The light of life. All he's saying to me in that statement is, I've got some light for you. I've got light for you. What I did for her, I've come to give you as well. Leave that sin behind. I'll take it. Let me give you light in exchange for the darkness. That's what I hear in that scripture. And I think that's what God wants to do in all of us. And there are many of us here that have found that. But has everybody in this room found that? Have you found it? Listen, God didn't come to condemn the world. He came so that His Son could bring light into your life. And that you go, oh, you know, Pastor, I've got all these issues, I got all this baggage, I got all these things I still do. Yep. All God wants to do is, all He wants to do is bring you in. He'll take care of all the baggage. Right? But you got to give Him access. You gotta let the light come in. The light stands knocking. He just says, if you crack the door, I'll show a little light in. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads just for a moment. Before we go today, before we take communion, the Bible says there's one prerequisite for us receiving this, this uh, what we take the elements here in a moment as we do this ceremony of, of remembering Christ. And before we do that, I want to make sure that you know him. Because he said, that's the prerequisite. Is make sure that you know me. So before we go, I want to ask you, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to come forward. I actually will help you with the words to pray that makes your life right with Christ. I can't make you right with Christ. I can just help you lead you to that place. I can give you that pathway. I can show you where it's at. And so if you'd say, Pastor, Pastor, I need to make my life right with Christ. I need to commit my life back to him. And I need to take that step of faith. And you say, Pastor, will you pray for me? Here's your step of faith. I want you to slip your hand up, put it right back down just that quickly. Anybody in this room say, Pastor, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else say, that's me, Pastor. I'm just going to make this... A time where I'm praying, God does something good in my life. I'm committing my life back to him. Maybe you do know him, but you're drifted away. And you say, Pastor, I want to recommit my walk with God. That's you would say, Pastor, pray for me. Anybody at all? Father, thank you. Thank you, I see your hand. Father, I thank you today for every life that is here. We pray open our hearts to receive from you. If you raised your hand, I want you just to pray this prayer. Just say, Jesus, come into my life. Right where I am today, I receive you. I give you my sin. I repent of that. And I walk away from it. I want to live for you. I believe you are my Lord, my Savior. And I confess you today before my Father. As being... The one who changed my life, my Lord, my Savior, my King. The gift given to me today of your salvation. Thank you. Thank you. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name.